Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. Rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. Because if you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays or Tuesdays, as it is happening this week. Um, or last week when I forgot to post the podcast, that wasn't great. I promise I won't do it this week. Um, all right. Uh, YouTube, go to YouTube and you can find the show there live on Mondays. And this is the real fun. If you really want to be involved in the show, a to Z sports, Nashville.com or a to Z sports, Nashville on YouTube, subscribe there. And then when we go live, on Monday nights, or Tuesday nights as it is, uh, then you can join in the show. You can leave comments. We love responding to the comments. It's a ton of fun. Everybody's always weighing in, giving their opinion, and we like to hear from you. So uh, if you're a listener to the show, why don't why don't you just be in the show? Please. Come on. Tell your friends. Share the show. Do all that stuff. At Charlie underscore Burris. At Zach TNT on Twitter. Facebook.com slash A to Z sports. Uh, a to Z sports.com for all the stuff that Zach writes. I think that's it. Got it all the way. We got there. Well, Zach, it was kind of mild and easy going there all the way through May. We we're like, man, it might. Is it ever going to become summer? And then suddenly it's 4,000 degrees outside. It feels like you're walking underwater. And suddenly this week, am I living in Mississippi? I was just, it's just brutal. What's up, man? How's the, you're, you're in uh, NC. How's it over there? Yeah, still, uh, Kind of about the same. Got a little of the uh, the the smog or the the rough air coming down from Canada from those wildfires. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's funny. We we're kind of like a couple of old guys here talking about the weather, and it was like, oh, it's time <laughs> to go live. We should actually talk about Tennessee <laughs> instead of what the weather patterns been the last week. And we got on here and talked about the weather. That's that's how you do it. Yep. <laughs> Plenty to talk days about. of our lives. <laughs> it, it it is what it is. What are you going to do? Um, plenty to talk about, though, with Vol Sports this week. Uh, some very, very good, really, really fun stuff, especially with baseball, and then some not so good with football. Rough week of the recruiting trail for Tennessee football. We're going to talk about all of that. I guess in some sense with baseball, too, there's some nonsense. That's the, that's the first thing we're actually going to talk about with the Super Regional. Did Tennessee get screwed over? We'll sort of debate that. And uh, we'll wrap up the show with talking about the eight-game schedule. It is official. We we uh, gave our prediction last week about what would end up happening, and what we predicted is exactly what ended up happening, kind of unfortunately, if you ask me. But we'll give our full take on that. Should be a really fun 
show the University of Tennessee never ceases to surprise. It is the deepest part of the offseason, and yet still plenty to talk about. God bless them. It's, <laughs> thank goodness Tennessee blesses us this way. Uh, but before we get into the opening segment to talk about did Tennessee get screwed over in the Super Regional, i got to tell you about our first awesome sponsor, and that is Farm Bureau Health Plans. These folks just keeping this show afloat. We can't thank them enough. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some have stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision for better coverage, better rates, and better service. Go to fbhp.com slash ATOZ or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Farm Bureau Health Plans. Go there. Get you a new health plan. Uh, support them because they're supporting us. Great folks. All righty. So Zach and I made predictions two weeks ago about what would happen with Tennessee baseball in the postseason. We were super wrong about the SEC tournament. Tennessee got blasted by Texas A&M, and we predicted they'd make it a little bit further than that. Um, but both of our predictions still alive for the NCAA tournament. I predicted that Tennessee would make the College World Series. And I, I texted you, Zach, when Tennessee uh, made it through the Clemson Regional. I was like, if Tennessee actually makes the College World Series, the amount that I will brag about how right I was, will people will shut this show off. They will go, who is this idiot? He won't stop talking about how his prediction was correct. But I hope it does come uh, true because it would be awesome. You Did you watch this baseball over the weekend? Yeah, I saw a pretty decent amount of it. My kid was playing a baseball tournament as well, but luckily, I mean, I didn't get home on, was it Saturday night until about the ninth inning, I guess, and I still saw half of the Clemson game. I mean, it was that. It was one of the best college baseball games I've ever seen, uh, just full of just ups and, you know, emotional swings. Pretty sure Tennessee's going to lose. Then they take the lead, then they give the lead back, and then they it looks like they've lost the game on a uh, fielder's choice, and they most dramatic replay uh, overturned replay I think I've ever seen when the umpire came out and just pointed at the runner and motioned that he was out. So that was about as fun as it gets. And once they won that game, you pretty much knew that Clemson was probably not going to get past that, that UNC Charlotte game on Sunday, just because that's, it takes so much out of you to, to play one of those games. And if you win, you can kind of live off of that emotion for the next 24 hours, which is pretty much what Tennessee did. They knew the job wasn't done and they were able to keep their focus, but for Clemson, knowing you have to go beat UNC Charlotte, then you have to beat a team that you just lost to in 14 innings the night before that didn't, you know, has only played one game that day. It's a tough spot to be. So it really, winning that game on Saturday night was was the key to the whole thing for Tennessee, obviously. And then Southern Miss. I mean, coming out of that regional, we'll get into the who's hosting it and all that in a second. But as far as who Tennessee's playing, I don't, I don't see how that could have worked out any better uh, for the Vols. It was I, I don't want to use the word magical yet because it feels too early. Well, it's kind of like the uh, men's basketball in the Sweet 16. Yes. Right? I mean, it, it feels that way. And can they make it further than that? We'll see. We're going to have to see how they play against Southern Miss. Personally, I kind of like how they stack up, but we'll get into that in a bit. Um, But going into this Clemson regional, I mean, it just I, I think it was because it was against Clemson and you already stuck it to him in football. I just I just had a feeling like I was just like we're going to win this thing. Like it just, I, and like I said, that was really just blind faith 
on my part because it was it was Clemson. I was just like, screw these guys. Tennessee, you've already beaten Clemson once. Why not just go in there, drop in there, and do it again? They were also a little bit of a – they were very, very good. But they had kind of come out of nowhere, won 17 in a row there at the end of the season, won the ACC tournament, but also had lost a comparable amount of games to Tennessee overall over the course of the entire season. So you look at that game, and it really was spot on because I think they're very comparable teams. Uh, when you really break it down, I think Tennessee, and you saw it in that game, it, it was laid absolutely bare. A perfect example, Tennessee had the superior pitching, and it just ended up winning out. They saved their own butts with, uh, with a very, very, very timely home run in the ninth inning. But, uh, but I mean, the pitching, three pitchers in 14 innings, and then Clemson was, what What was it? Four, not 14, 12 pitchers, 11 pitchers in that game. Just something ridiculous. Their entire lineup they used. Yeah, watching um, that game, if you're an MLB fan, it kind of, I don't know if you, you know, if you remember a few years ago, they changed the rules where a relief pitcher has to come in and face three batters minimum because there was like just a big epidemic of, of teams in MLB bringing a lefty in to face a lefty for one batter. Then you take him out. You got to go through a whole nother pitching change. And Clemson was doing some of that. I remember specifically in extra innings, they brought in a guy and he threw one pitch, got one out, and then you're changing pitchers again. I was like, it was so when they first When they first introduced that rule in Major League Baseball, I wasn't a fan of it just because I'm such a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. But now, after seeing that on Saturday night, thank goodness for that rule because that is maddening to, to go back to that. That's it, it disrupts the flow of the game. It's hard to watch. I can't understand why people that weren't in the baseball get aggravated with that kind of stuff that slows the game down. It was the only part of that game that wasn't, I guess you would say, just instant classic, you know, one of the best baseball games that that we've watched in, in Tennessee baseball history. Like that, because it just made those extra innings so disjointed and, and annoying, mm-hmm. like I said, where you're just like, stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Like, cut this guy off. Take away his timeouts. Take away whatever, you know. I don't know what you have to do, but make this stop. Um, but Tennessee overcame it. Very timely hitting throughout those final innings, obviously from the ninth inning all the way to the end of the game. They just it, they just came up when it mattered. And then, of course, the extremely timely getting out of bases loaded, no outs. I, I loved this. I saw somewhere, this was, what, the 10th inning, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson gets into bases loaded, no outs. And, and you're just, Tennessee's cooked. You're just like, wow. Oh. Man, yeah, I we, think they had so stranded close. a. They had like a leadoff double in the top of the tenth, maybe Tennessee. I can't remember if that's the tenth or the eleventh, where they, yeah. they stranded a runner at second with no outs. So then, yeah, at that point, you're like, well, at least they and, came back. It's, and this was this was the real deal from from Tony Vitello, but also just Chase Burns in general. Because actually, mm. after the game, I don't know if Vitello said it himself, but Chase Burns was like, "Do not take me out of this game. I, I, I want to keep Vitello going." Did. Yeah, I think they asked yeah. him, and he was like, "I tried." <laughs> And, and I mean, so w- we were texting and they get bases loaded there. And we were like, take this kid out. It's stop, stop, stop the bleeding. You have to like, just something, something has to happen. He strikes out the next batter. Uh, and then uh, they turn a double play in a borderline miracle. I mean, the half the, a step. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was so, so, so close. And uh, and Tennessee at that point, I saw a tweet that said Tennessee had a four point nine percent chance of winning that game with uh, with bases loaded, no outs. They found a way. They, they took that four point nine percent. 
Yeah, I, I mean, that, exactly. All you got to do pretty much is, you know, put the ball in play. Just don't hit it. You know, obviously you bring the infield in in that situation and you try to get the force at home, but you're Clemson. Just get the ball to the outfield, you win the game. Uh, hit something hard, you win the game. Uh, anything. And they, you know, Burns was able to shut it. it down. And that was that was definitely the key moment in that game, even more so than the double that stored the, the, the go-ahead run. Without that performance from Burns, I mean Tennessee, you know they they obviously they don't win that game. Uh, that was just a incredibly gutsy performance from him to come in like that and throw that many pitches. I think he threw what like 96, 98, some pitches in there. I mean it was it, it, responsible with it. College coaches can get a little out of pocket with the way they manage some of these pitchers. I mean you'll see pitch counts 120, 130 these kids that are hoping to get drafted in a month, and it's it's kind of irresponsible I think to to let a kid throw that many pitches. But Vitello didn't. Uh, he could have pushed Burns a little further if he if he really wanted to, but he he showed a little bit of a strength there and, and and held him held him back from from going that far. Yeah, I mean the Burns performance was incredibly impressive. The timely hitting was incredibly impressive. It was it was just great. And then they just they plastered Charlotte in both of the games they played against Charlotte. They were just clearly the better team. Um, and and so here we are. They've made it to the super regional, and here's the story to talk about today. Um. It was up in the air as to who was going to host the Super Regional because both teams won on the road. Um, Southern Miss went uh, to Auburn and won the Auburn Regional, and then Tennessee won the Clemson Regional. And uh, so from the beginning, the college baseball media, it was like they knew Southern Miss was going to get this nod for the Super Regional. And obviously... I don't know if you'll find anybody more cynical about the NCAA than me. Uh, I think it's a trash organization that should be disbanded in, in its entirety. It does nothing good for anyone. It doesn't help any student athlete ever. It's trash. Um, and here you go. <laughs> Here's another example. Um, there, you know, there's a bunch of people on this committee with a bunch of conflicting interests. I couldn't tell what was true or not. So I'm not going to make any assertions here. I saw a bunch of different things. But it seemed like there was conflicting interest here. Um, and then Southern Miss gets the nod for the Super Regional in a small town in Mississippi that has only in its entire history hosted one Super Regional. Um, Knoxville is, I looked, the city singularly, not the metro area, the city is four times larger. Knoxville is. And it's not like Knoxville is some massive, massive metropolis. It's just Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Uh, and then you go from there and you go better RPI, better strength of schedule, better league. Didn't lose a game in, in the regional for Tennessee. Uh, and somehow Southern Miss gets this nod. And some, I, please, somebody explain it to me. Maybe a little bit of transparency, something. They, at, at least with like the college football playoff committee, they make some idiot go out there and have to explain themselves. They get excoriated by the people on ESPN. But here there's just nothing. And so Tennessee doesn't get to host this super regional. And not that I necessarily want to dwell on that that much, but it's just what happens. I don't know if you had any thoughts about it, Zach. I mean, we were texting about it this morning and you had, you texted, I, I wasn't sure what time the announcement was. And, you know, later found out it was at 10 a.m. Eastern and you texted at what, like 830. You're like, do you want to talk about Tennessee getting screwed out of hosting the super regional this <laughs> season? Just, you knew, tonight. you knew it was going to happen. I was like, has it already been announced? You're like, no, but that's going to happen and it's Tennessee <laughs> you're right it was I, I don't know I don't I don't get it because they both have 18 losses Tennessee's actually played you know good teams SEC and SEC schedule I mean some of the best teams in the nation they played LSU 
they've played Florida. They've played all these teams. Southern Miss, they've they lost to Ole Miss. You know, they lost to Alabama, maybe, I think, during the regular season. I mean, they lost to the good teams that they played. They'd, obviously, they did beat Auburn in the, in the regional. But outside of that, they didn't play this super tough schedule. They didn't play the SEC competition that Tennessee did. I don't get it. The stadiums are similar. Uh, they both hold around 4,300 people. I'm not familiar with the Southern Miss Stadium, but I would assume that Tennessee's is a little nicer, even with uh, you know upgrades coming in the near future. You see the way that it, it looks on television when you have a, a wild, rowdy Tennessee crowd. I mean, people love it. it. It comes through on television. The atmosphere, the vibe that's there at Lindsey Nelson comes through when you're watching those games. And I know Tennessee fans will travel, but the tickets are limited. The allotment was set at 600 you're going to have to go secondary market. You know the ticket prices are going to be jacked up because Tennessee fans will pay it and they'll find a way to get down there. It just seems like a really bad overall decision by the NCAA. If you're trying to push the sport forward and get more eyes on it, yeah, people are going to watch it, but it's going to be a different vibe down there than it would be in Knoxville. There's just no way around it. I mean, we've watched these games, and I'm sure it'll be a good atmosphere. I'm not saying it'll be terrible, but it won't be the same as it was at Tennessee or would be at Tennessee. No, and and Southern Miss themselves basically announced they have a season ticket allotment. They sold out their season tickets, so no tickets will be available for opposing fans. Which I didn't even know. How was that allowed? First of all, I thought they were six. I think there's six hundred that they have to allot. Uh, I they think that's have every. To. I think that's every okay. super regional because uh, I know Wake Forest had to do that for Alabama. It was six hundred tickets for them, and I'm pretty sure I saw six hundred for Tennessee that uh, that Southern Miss has to. I think that's like the bare minimum. Which is what most places would do. Yeah. So, okay. So there is that bare minimum, but that's all it's going to be. Which is, yeah, it's not a lot. <laughs> no. And, and, and I, Southern Miss fans, yeah, they were bragging, we have a bigger stadium, bigger stadium. Well, it's because they, What's... they don't. It's because they add supplemental seats in the postseason. That's what makes it bigger. <laughs> that I found this out. I was like, oh, come on. Give me a break here. Somebody. Uh, I the the whole thing is just stupid, uh, and we all know it, and Southern Miss knows it, and it's just—I mean, give me a break. The NCAA just hates Tennessee. Here we are. We all we knew this, and um, yeah. So that that's that. I mean, especially with Tony Vitello after after all the antics of the last couple of years, that that you I mean, you just knew that this this was gonna happen. They don't want Tennessee. They changed the rules. Because of Tennessee, if you remember the the on the field props, oh, they yeah. they actually uh, didn't a kid during this regional round a kid got tossed out of a game because uh, they they brought a home run chain onto the field just onto the field like just oh you hit a home run here's a home run chain to go over your neck toss tossed out of the game they changed the rules of baseball because of Tennessee it's they so silly them. I they mean you've them. seen this stuff that they've been doing this in college baseball for a while now and you're seeing it trend up to the major league baseball level. I mean, they have I've seen Viking helmets. I've seen football helmets. I've seen all kinds of random things that MLB teams have in the dugout after a home run. I mean, they're taking elements of the college game with them. And then the NCAA is like, nope, people like that. Let's not, let's not have that. We just can't have that. It's just as usual, the NCAA doing dumb things that make no yeah. sense just because they can. And they just go, they go in the dugout and just do it there. They do it five steps from where they would <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's so stupid. But a cu couple of good points here in the comments. Reynolds says they they know 
that Southern Miss won't travel, and the NCAA who, knows we will and pay more. That could definitely be a part of it. But who cares? I mean, you're going to sell it out anyway in Knoxville. It, it, why That's should true. the NCAA care who who is in the stands? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, Pat, I don't think. Go ahead. Well, Pat Pat Rose, his uh, his thought was Southern Miss's coach is retiring after. We did what talk did you before say we was. Yeah, he'd been there since like 2000 or 2001 as an assistant, been the head coach since 2010. So that's it's almost a quarter century he's spent in Hattiesburg. I'm sure he's ready to get out. And and it's stuff like that where I really look and you go, okay, there's the corruption. There it, there it is. There's, you know, out, outside of, I think we all know they hate Tennessee. That's definitely part of it. But the coach, the coach retiring, they're, they're going to go, oh, let him, if they lose, let him have the last series will be at home. And if it's not, it'll be at the College World Series. You know, they, it's, I'm sure it's some nonsense like that. I bet he knows every single person on that committee and he's probably shook every hand, kissed every baby. And then, you know, uh, there, there's your corruption. Right there, on top of the fact they hate Tony Vitello, but um, and maybe it'll be a good thing overall for Tennessee. I mean, they hosted the Super Regional last year; it did not work out. So, yeah, and and that's that's what I've seen people say. Uh, it's going to put a chip on Tennessee's shoulder. I hope so. It better. It better put a chip on Tennessee's shoulder because uh, I mean, Southern Miss they made it out of their regional. You know, they're a pretty good baseball team. Uh, and on that note. Let's move on uh, to kind of the next segment of the show here. We'll give our prediction for what's going to happen this weekend. Uh, I'll let you ruminate on it for a second, Zach, while I tell everybody at home about the great folks at Omaha Steaks. We got a, we got a new deal this week, uh, and it sounds awesome. Here's the truth. Dads want steak. When you give dad perfectly aged and oh-so-tender steaks, you're not just giving him the best meal of his life but also the chance to grill them up and share the moment with you. For a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter keyword Vols into the search bar, that is V-O-L-S, you'll be able to order the dad's favorite gift package for just $99.99. Plus, you get eight free Omaha Steaks burgers, and I have had these burgers. They are absolutely phenomenal. Get them for yourself. Get them for dad, whoever. They're incredible. These burgers taste like a steak on a bun and are ultra lean and pack a bold, intense, beefy flavor. Save 60% on the dad's favorite grill pack. You will get things like four bacon-wrapped fillets, four premium air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four boneless pork chops, four jumbo franks, four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets. Again, like the burgers, the caramel apple tartlets. Underrated. They're awesome. Uh, Omaha Steaks seasoning and then eight free Omaha Steaks burgers for $99.99. What a deal. Remember, gifting is easy. Dad's want steak and Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It is the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Don't wait. Go to omahasteaks.com and type balls, B-O-L-S, into the search bar and order Dad's favorite gift package for Father's Day today. That is omahasteaks.com, keyword, balls. Uh that made me extremely hungry. I haven't had dinner yet. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need to go get me a steak. Um, all right. So Tennessee not hosting a Super Regional, going to Hattiesburg. Mississippi going to go down there, stay in the micro hotel uh, or whatever hotel they have down there. At least it might be better than Kentucky where everybody had to stay in a dorm, um, as we saw for, for Kentucky's Regional. Had teams and fans staying in dorms. So that was really cool. Um, but... Uh, is Tennessee going to make the College World Series, Zach? Yeah, I think they will. I mean, I wasn't sure, you know, really ahead of that Clemson Super Regional, but the way, I mean, the regional, but the way it's played out for the Super Regional playing Southern Miss, a team that you have a better resume than, yes, it's on the road, but Tennessee played well at South Carolina, 
played well in the Clemson Regional. I, I'm not going to say the road woes are totally behind them, but they're playing right at the right time. So maybe that's not as big of an issue as it was during the season. You should beat Southern Miss if the pitching holds up the way it did in the Clemson Regional. I think they might you know, win the first two and move on, not even have to play the third one. I could absolutely see it. Tennessee is the better team here. And obviously, I'm going to stick by my prediction. Tennessee's making the College World Series. In my personal opinion, I said it two weeks ago. I'm going to say it now. Um, this set up really nicely because Southern Miss, uh, like Tennessee, is just simply the better team. The real question is, how is the weather going to play out? How is the general just setup of the stadium? It uh, I saw today 400 uh, to to the straightaway wall. Uh, the corners were around 350. Uh, I mean, doable for these Tennessee batters. Especially, I mean, if you hit one like Zane Din the other night, that thing went like 900 feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he blasted it over the overhang yeah, in the yeah, it was a no doubt outfield. Yeah. Um. So just just hit home runs like that. But it's going to be really humid, really heavy. Uh, there's rain in the forecast. Uh, which is great. There's not rain in the forecast for Knoxville, Tennessee this weekend. So way to go there again, NCAA. Congratulations. Um, so I, I think there's a lot to that. Uh, obviously, Tennessee was horrendous on the road all season until now. <laughs> Somehow they they won their final uh, their final road series against South Carolina, and then now they've kind of found their groove playing at Clemson, which is what we and, said all year. That they, yeah. I mean, they're they're doing what we said two months ago. Like, hey, this season can still turn out okay and, and all your goals are still there but you got to find that groove at the right time and it it seems like they are at least for now well the thing that i've seen everybody say that i i truly think will be the difference maker pitching travels and it just that's the key again you look at that clemson game three pitchers for tennessee 42 pitchers for clemson or whatever they used in that game every single pitcher they have on the roster um and you just have not just great starters. I mean, you have great relievers and just an incredibly solid bullpen overall. And so I think Tennessee just outlasts Southern Miss. After that, I think it's wide open. The The college baseball landscape is really good this season, although some really, really good teams got eliminated. Arkansas, out, hilarious. Vanderbilt, out, hilarious. Vanderbilt didn't even make it to the regional final in Nashville in their own field. I mean, what an well, Auburn, there. Same thing for Auburn. Yeah, I I mean now Auburn I you know I saw a lot of people saying Auburn never deserved to have a regional in the first place. I think there's a really good argument to be made there, uh, and it's probably true clearly. Uh, but you know, it's it's just too funny because Vandy, Arkansas, they're beating their chest. Vandy just won the SEC tournament. Oh, where's Tennessee? Tennessee's not hosting. Re-. There was a ton of tweets like that this weekend. Tennessee's not hosting a regional. <laughs> at least Tennessee made it through the regional because uh, Vandy and Arkansas couldn't say the same. Um, so some hilarious stuff like that happened. But I I do think just logically speaking, baseball is a weird, weird game. Could Tennessee lose this thing? Without a doubt. Uh, but Tennessee has a better team. They, yeah, they just they, flat out do. If they do lose, it's not some big indictment on Tony Vitello unless they, you know, unless they go out and lose like 13 to nothing two games in a row. But Aside from that, they don't lose seven to five, five to three, whatever, you know, close games or there's nothing in baseball you can do. In football, you can have this great game plan. You can get your team fired up. You can get them 
playing with a chip on their shoulder and all these things. And you can do the same thing with baseball, but you cannot control the outcomes quite as much as you can in football or basketball, where maybe you can out effort somebody, you can out steam somebody, you can just outplay them. You can outplay somebody in baseball and want it more and just have bad luck. I mean, there's, yeah, it happens. So, you know, they got to play hard and, and do what they've been doing these last couple of weeks. But if it doesn't work out, you know, this is the time of the year where everybody's good. Everybody has talent that's made it this far. Even even Southern Miss, we've downplayed their resume, but they're still, you know, full of talented baseball players that, you know, won a lot of games this season and know how to win games. So And, and they'll be looking to prove people wrong that they should have hosted this Super Regional. I mean, they might be playing with a little chip on their shoulder, too, just from yeah. hearing the talk from Tennessee fans. I mean, it, it can go both ways, and it should be a fun weekend. I I do think Tennessee has, on top of just the chip on the shoulder and that whole narrative, Tennessee just kind of has that, I don't know, what you say, the karma, that like juju on, on their like side. Seems like 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 just, uh, obviously you look at that Clemson game and you're like, oh, this team just might be blessed. Like, just look at this. Um, you got to have some of that magic this time of year. You do. You do, and also a ton of people have been bringing up last season, Ole Miss wins the national championship. Who did they face in the Super Regional? Southern Miss at Southern Miss. They won their, I believe they won their regional on the road. Um, you know, people, a lot of people making those comparisons. I'll leave that there, but um, it's uh, it does feel like there's just a little bit of, after last season where you got, you know, they changed the rules, no, no props on the field or whatever, and then they they gave this clown umpire in the Notre Dame series that threw out Drew Gilbert and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot about we're just that. It, everything was just so off. Like it just felt so off. Everything feels like it's aligning. Um, so it's it's a big big difference. Obviously, I think t- this team not being the talkers the last last year's team was uh, makes a difference there. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're we're both the opinion Tennessee will make it out. We'll see if we're right. We'll see if we're right. And like I said, I will brag endlessly if I end up uh, calling my shot there and Tennessee actually makes the College World Series. Should be fun. Um, okay. Now, I will say Pat, Pat Rose is doing our job for us over here in the comments. He says, J.J. Harrell decommitting along with missing on Franklin and Brown has me concerned. Not worried, just concerned. Funny you should say that, Pat Rose, because that's the next thing that we're going to talk about here on the Big Orange Podcast. Football recruiting. Got a little dicey this week. Does it actually mean uh, something concerning? We'll get into that right after I tell you about our great sponsor, Superbook Sports. Bring that big bet energy this summer with Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the most trusted name in sports betting. And right now, use promo code A to Z to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code A to Z. Simply visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions or download the Superbook Tennessee app in the App Store. Enter the promo code A to Z and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, G-A-M-B-L-E-R. The Superbook Sports Tennessee app. Download it now. Promo code A to Z. All right. So it was an interesting news week for Tennessee football. Because leading up to this past week, it had been just a ton of positive news. We had a lot of fun last week talking about the 865 live deal and the kind of recruiting momentum that it seemed like Tennessee had. And uh, then Sammy Brown, which I think this one, I, I'm not sure he was ever coming to Tennessee. 
Um, but he chooses Clemson, five-star linebacker. If for any money that do- that doesn't know, we had an, we actually had uh, an exclusive interview clip with him last week. Um, and you can go back and listen to that. But uh, he chooses Clemson. Fine, that one not necessarily surprising. But then JJ Harrell, who was committed to Tennessee, decommits, and again. Not wholly surprising necessarily because he had posted on social media that his recruitment was open uh, a few weeks ago. And then turns out his recruitment was open. In fact, (laughs) it was this wide open now. Um, Is the sky falling? Should is just it's time to fire Hypel, isn't it, Zach? He's done. (laughs) This is it. It's over. It's over. Yeah, I mean, there's really no other way to go at this point. It was a good run, but uh, got to shut it down now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not super concerned. I'm not concerned at all, really, about the JJ Harold deal because we kind of saw that coming. We knew Ole Miss was kind of in the mix there. I think that's probably where he ends up at is Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin, maybe Mississippi State, one of those two schools. He's from Mississippi. We've been kind of expecting that Tennessee got a couple of five-star guys they're targeting mike matthews ron wingo hopefully you get one of those guys maybe both uh there's other guys like amari jefferson that that was i think technically still is committed to tennessee for baseball but that's kind of just a, a thing that doesn't really mean anything at this point because he's kind of focusing on football at this point uh there's a guy from louisiana kobe young that said tennessee was uh his leader he's a four-star wide receiver from new orleans so you got guys out there. I mean, Tennessee's never going to really have problems finding wide receivers in this offense. And really, they've done it without some of those five-star guys. They haven't had a I – mean, as Brew McCoy was a five-star and coming out of high school, but he hasn't really played like a five-star, you know, since coming uh, – going to USC. They don't have to have five-star talent. Uh, definitely want to see what he can do with five-star talent. But that's, you know, that's not – that's the least of Tennessee's worries right now. Sammy Brown, I'm with you. I never really thought he was going to end up at Tennessee. I was hoping, you know, it seemed like Tennessee was in that top three where they were making some noise. Maybe they're running third, but it's like, hey, get him on campus a couple more times, have a big season. Maybe something special can happen. I thought he would end up at Georgia. Uh, That was my feeling. He's from Georgia. I was kind of surprised that he went ahead and committed to Clemson now. Seemed a little early, a little surprising, but at least he didn't go to Georgia. Right, so you don't have to play him every couple of years at, at least. Uh, definitely, you, you got to get those guys though. So it was disappointing, but not shocking. I don't, you know, can't really say too much about Josh Heupel on that one. Uh, losing Cameron Fountain, that's the one that I think hurts a little yeah. bit, especially since he was predicted just, you know, last week or the week before that uh, Steve Wiltfong predicted that he would end up at Tennessee. And, and we've talked about a ton on this show, and we might have to. Might have to change our approach moving forward. Now, usually when you see those crystal balls get put in kind of late in the process, it's, you know, it's over. You know, it's game over. They know something that we don't. It usually ends up that that's where that player ends up committing. So that one, that one hurts to see him go to USC. You've got to get, you got to start landing those defensive linemen if you're going to compete with Georgia and Alabama and come out of the SEC. Those are, those are battles you got to win. And they're still out there, you know, Williams, Nwari, Winari. Winari. Winari, Winari, yeah. Yeah, he's out there. That's a guy that Tennessee's really in the mix for. But Georgia, you know, he just took a visit to Georgia, and he's tweeting out video or photos of himself in in Georgia gear on Monday to go along with all that other bad news. Just you know, just to kind of compound all of that. So now you're like, well, you're gonna miss out on him too. Is he gonna end up at Georgia, which would be a double whammy? There is. Mm. I don't think it's. 
like calls for concern. I think it's just like disappointment, you know? I mean, there's only so much Tennessee can do. Until they're winning national championships, having three, four defensive players selected in the first round, they're going to lose some of these battles. And it's going to be hard to beat, especially Georgia. It's just... It's just the way it is. It's kind of a slow burn, this rebuild thing. You're not gonna you're not gonna just start landing five star defensive players over Georgia and Alabama and, and even USC out west, uh just at the drop of a hat because you won eleven games last year. Yeah, I'll to go back to the Cameron Fountain one, this is pure speculation on my part, but I just wonder. So Wilt Fong got got. Uh and he's al- almost always right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, typically when they make those crystal ball predictions, the kid told them, I'm going, I'm going here. Or the kid told the coaches that, and the coaches told Wilt Fong something, you know, similar to that typically. So I wonder if that happened. I, d- I don't know. Um, and then they turned right around. I did notice I'm looking at his, uh, his timeline on two, four, seven. And for some reason, the uh, the prediction from Steve Wiltfong of him going to Tennessee has disappeared and conveniently been replaced by a crystal ball for him to go to USC. Uh, so um, congratulations on hitting that edit button there, Steve Wiltfong. Um, but we all saw it happen. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, he, he got got. I don't know what happened there, but it's high school kids. That's the bottom line. It's high school kids. It's This is the stuff that happens. They're going to say one week, oh, Tennessee offer me the bag and I'm going to go there. And then he goes to USC and USC offers him the bag. And then he goes, all right, well, USC is in Los Angeles and they're going to give me the bag. I'm going to USC. Like it can be that tenuous. So I, I would just guess it's something like that that happened. But overall, yeah, Tennessee is just in on, a, on enough big recruits overall that this isn't sending me spiraling. Um, it, it'll have to come to the end of this class and the class overall being disappointing for me to really have any harsh criticism. You, you want to, here's the thing. You win 11 games at the university of Tennessee and you're going to get a giant amount of slack from me period. And you're going to get it not just in wins and losses, but you're going to get it in recruiting it. I, what do you want me to do? We watched garbage for 15 years and the man won 11 games. I'm not supposed to give him grace. I'm not supposed to trust this guy that he kind of knows what he's doing at this point. So that, that really is the bottom line to me is that I just, uh, at this point, I trust Josh Heupel implicitly. Really? Why would I, why would we not? Like that is really where this is at with Heupel going to trust until the train comes off the tracks. And this is not the train coming off the tracks. It's just high school kids being high school kids. You, you probably weren't going to get Sammy Brown anyway. And, and you're in on a bunch of other uh, four and five stars still. So, I that that's really just how I I walk away thinking about it and and until the class is sealed up and it's disappointing at that point, eh, it's fine. There's one thing about Josh Heupel with the recruiting that I don't think kind of gets talked about enough. And and David Collins in the comments real quick mentions that Clemson just got uh, Bryant Wesco, a five star wide receiver. Literally, as we're doing this show, he commits to Clemson. He was uh, supposed to take an annual visit in the theater the month in June. Maybe, maybe that visit still happens. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's a guy that Tennessee had a lot of momentum with. I think they were trying to build some momentum there. So I don't. I don't think that's somebody that you necessarily missed on per se. You're just not really going to get the chance that you thought you were going to to get to to bring him to Knoxville. But when it comes to hype and recruiting, 
and and this isn't to soften the blow of of the past you know day 24 hours in recruiting i mean you want they wanted sammy brown they they wanted jj harold they'll still keep recruiting him it's not like they cut him loose and, and they wanted cameron fountain like these are guys that they wanted to come play at tennessee but when it comes to the way hypo recruits and builds these classes he's not just blindly pursuing every single five-star four-star player uh he's very careful about building classes and he does this with the portal as well building classes that are in a fit tennessee's culture the culture they've built uh, they don't want to disrupt that he's also trying to build classes that are kind of sustainable that it's not gonna be like some of those butch jones classes or the, the famous lane kiffin recruiting class and in, in 2009 where half of the guys are gone in two years because that i mean you look at some of those classes butch had it's like, yeah, yeah, it's a top five class or top eight, ten class, but half the guys left after two years, and then you're sitting there when they're supposed to be a junior, and you don't have these this talent that you thought you were going to have. So, in retrospect, that top ten class really turned out to be like a top twenty five class. And Hypel's trying to build these classes where guys stay, and they haven't had a ton of players transfer out under Hypel. They haven't really lost any key contributors. I mean. Uh, Tyon Evans maybe in his first year and some of those guys that left before Hypel ever coached the game but since then you know, they've been able to keep guys uh, they've kept guys around that had eligibility left and and they decided to stick around like Princeton Fant the year before like Jacob Warren this year um, like Cedric Tillman you know, coming into this past season I mean guys that Previously, those guys went to the NFL even if they weren't getting drafted uh, Tyler Bray uh, there was quite a few of them Derek Rogers, well, he got kicked out. Cordero Patterson, for example, <laughs> Justin Hunter. I mean, all these guys, they weren't sticking around. You know, some of those were early round draft picks, but a lot of them were, you know, undrafted, like Tyler Bray. So I think he's focused on building these classes that he can keep together and that will actually show up for three to four years at Tennessee. Yeah, he's he's trying to find the dudes that are gonna be the real deal, that are that are in it to be I'll say in it to be in it, like really want to be a part of what's at Tennessee, not just like, oh, they hooked me up. I'm, you know, so I'm going to come there. They they really want to find guys that believe. Um, and so I, I think it'll, it'll come together again. I'm, you win 11 games here. I'm going to ride with you until I just can't anymore. So <laughs> there, there's, game, the, there's that. Roth was somewhat depleted too. That wasn't at full strength. Yeah. So, I'm, I do obviously want to see the guy operate with five-star players because I think we saw it this past season and you can tell it would be really, really special. But uh, it's just, it's a matter of time uh, and we'll give it time. So there's, there's really that. Uh, we uh, will wrap it up here with more football talk in the final segment out of uh, the SEC meetings. It was announced. It's official. We were hoping for nine a nine-game conference schedule. I think a lot of the fans were because who doesn't want more SEC football? Uh, but it's going to be an eight-game schedule, just like we predicted that it would be. Uh, and we'll talk about that right after I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than an awesome whiskey. And I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey Log Still Distillery has released a Tennessee whiskey product line called Rattle and Snap. It's named after a long-forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those who make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version of Rattle and Snap whiskey. Uh, the four-year version, you can see it there on the graphic at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, it's perfect for making your favorite whiskey cocktails or just drinking neat. 
it's great stuff. The bottle looks great too, as you can see, if, uh, if you can see it there. You can find Rattle and Snap across the state of Tennessee, and it's also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. So if you're going to uh, Hattiesburg, maybe take a look around at uh, the stores down there and get yourself some Rattle and Snap while you're down there uh, for those Tennessee victories that, in my opinion, are going to happen. Run, don't walk, and get yourself some Rattle and Snap whiskey for those Tennessee sports victories. Follow them on Instagram, Rattle and Snap Whiskey. Thank you, thank you, thank you to them for sponsoring the show and for the tasty whiskey. It is so good. Um, Eight-game conference schedule for SEC football in 2024 when Texas and Oklahoma come in. Obviously, at this point, the real question is who will be on that schedule? A lot of people were perturbed saying, oh, well, Tennessee's going to lose the Alabama game. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Because first of all, it's just a holdover year. It's just kind of like... A, a tweener to where they can get to nine games. Cause there's a lot that has to be worked out there. A lot of logistics, a lot of TV contracts, just different things that have to happen to get to that nine game schedule. And it's not here yet. So it's an eight game and uh, it's going to open up kind of the possibilities there. And if I had to guess there, there's just no way they can get rid of the Alabama game. There's no way they can get rid of the Vandy game. So what does that leave Tennessee? Does Georgia get booted? Does Kentucky get booted? I would guess Missouri. I mean, who cares? Boot that game. Give us something to give us Oklahoma instead or Texas. I mean, really, Texas. Let's play Texas in football. I think everybody's ready for that matchup to happen. Um, But uh, you saw this, Zach. What were were your immediate thoughts about the eight-game schedule? Yeah, I'm not that – I know people get real passionate about the eight- or nine-game schedule, and it just – I don't know. It really doesn't matter to me because – Ultimately, you're probably talking about are you playing that ninth game against Missouri or are you playing it against, you know, Virginia or Georgia Tech or somebody from another conference, uh, you know, Maryland, whatever. It's not that big of a deal to me personally. I'm interested to see how it shakes out, though. I think in 2025, they'll probably move to that nine-game schedule once they can figure out all the TV money. For 2024, I mean, that's the first year that, People are really going to expect, depending on what happens this fall, and maybe Tennessee competes for a national championship this fall. I mean, you can't rule it out as close as they got last season. But 2024, I think, is really when people are kind of expecting that. You should have you know, a fully stocked roster. Josh Heupel will have several several classes under his belt. Nico will be you know, your starting quarterback after kind of learning for the offense for a year, hopefully getting into some games and, and, and showing you know some ability. So how and it's the first year of the expanded playoff. So how will this eight game schedule impact Tennessee in twenty twenty four? Because I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for them than their eight game schedule right now. Because basically they'll be the projected schedule at least, and this is means nothing. It's from twenty four seven sports, and we really don't know how anything will look until I think at some point they're going to have a, a primetime reveal show on the opponents. I mean, they have Tennessee. Their guess is that Tennessee will play at Georgia, home against Alabama, at Oklahoma, which they were supposed to play Oklahoma in, in 2024 anyway, I believe, at South Carolina, at home against Florida, at Vanderbilt, at home against Kentucky, at home against Ole Miss. So you're basically taking, and since they're playing, we talked about this a little bit over text, since they're playing NC State uh, as their non-conference game in 2024, their Power 5 non-conference game, you're basically taking the original schedule and switching out Missouri for NC State. Um, and that could be a tough schedule. You're still playing the, the three-headed monster of Georgia, Florida, Alabama, 
and then you're throwing Oklahoma in there. That's a that could be a tough road. I mean, who knows where Oklahoma will be two years from now if Brent Venables can turn that around or not. I have to see Tennessee not have to play one of these teams. Give because we've have we yeah, not take Georgia had that? out, please. Yes, take that Georgia game out. I Especially don't care. at Georgia. Ugh. No, nobody wants to go to Athens. What a dump, and what a terrible fan base. It's the worst fan base in sports. And we have, how often have we said, well, if we didn't have to play Alabama, well, if we didn't have to, at this point, I don't think a lot of us thought that we would ever really say this, but here we are. Well, if we didn't have to play Georgia, you know, we were all hoping Georgia would never actually be this good, but such is life. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how much have we said that? And finally, you have an opportunity where you can go, here, let's see what it's like without Georgia on the schedule, without these monster opponents that Tennessee has to plow through week after week after week. You can finally you can go, okay, Alabama's the monster game. And maybe that's at home. And and sometimes you get lucky, and that that's that's the one. Oh, there's your, you know, there's kind of your season as long as you can keep your your S together. And we could finally see what it's like to be like a, a regular SEC East team. We can see what it's like to be Florida. You know, finally, like you have one real game on the schedule and the rest are all a little fluffy and that's, wouldn't that be nice? Like, but no, I mean, that's not going to happen if if they're going to bring back that Oklahoma game. Although who knows Oklahoma might stink if Brent Venable stays around there. But, um, I, I I just want to see some actual change. That would be the exact same. That is no different at all. Not only is it no different, it's worse because you'd have to go to Norman, Oklahoma and go play at Oklahoma. I I mean, come on. I'd be interested to see how the other schedules work out because there's going to be a team like, I don't think Florida's going to be competing for a championship in 2024, but they do have some talent. Maybe they'll figure it out or hire another coach. I don't know, but like LSU, uh, Ole Miss, some of these other teams that want to compete, Texas, I mean, they're going to be planning to compete by then with Arch Manning. What do their schedules look like? Do they have to play Georgia? Is Tennessee going to play Georgia just because they've always played Georgia? I mean, that would be the only logic in putting this game on the schedule because really it's going to be your one temporary permanent opponent for one season, which for Tennessee is going to be – Vanderbilt, they're going to marry Tennessee to Vanderbilt. It's going to be Alabama and Auburn. It's going to be Georgia and Florida. There's several of these that you kind of know how they're going to play out. Well, at that point, shouldn't it just kind of be random, maybe? I, I don't yeah. know what the logic would be there. because I don't think you can hold Tennessee's schedule to a different standard and say, okay, this one year we're going to keep these historical deals intact. You're going to play Florida, Georgia, and Alabama no matter what, as well as Vanderbilt because that's historical as well, and that's getting wrapped up into that then how do you determine Oklahoma's schedule that has doesn't have that history in the SEC? How do you determine Missouri that doesn't really have these historical, you know, rivalries to, to go off of? Or even, you know, teams like uh, South Carolina or, or Texas A&M that don't have the, the rich, some of these tradition-rich rivalries either, even though they've been in the SEC for a while. How do those schedules get played out? What standard do you hold them to? Because you can't hold them to the same standard as Tennessee. That that would be my question when they put all this together, and 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 that's why I say just keep keep your biggest stalwart games and toss the rest of it out. Give us Tennessee at Texas instead of Tennessee at Georgia. 
and and I mean, maybe Georgia's going to be off the schedule moving forward once they go to the nine games anyway. Should be. Well, um, yeah, should be. We assume yeah. it'll be Alabama, Vanderbilt, and either South Carolina or Kentucky. Some, mm-hmm. and, and you're still going to play Georgia every two years. You're going to play Florida every two years. It's not like that's just totally going away. Yeah, just, like for seriously, if you're going to have these many awesome teams in this league, like give us variety, give us some some interesting new matchups, some actual fresh blood here, and like please, I love the old rivalries, but you can still have the couple of them. And let's mix it up and and give finally, like to what I was just saying, like give us that like that scenario we've been thinking of in our heads for so long. Oh, finally, you're free of these games you've always had to go through and you get a new chance, um, a new opportunity uh, to move through the league with, against it, different teams. So it is absolutely insane. And, and I know you've mentioned it you know, here and in, in, in past podcasts, but the fact that Tennessee has played Alabama Every single year of their dominance under Nick Saban, while Georgia has not, is just, and Florida, is just such a... It's so annoying. Yeah, I mean, no, Tennessee wouldn't have won a championship in the past, you know, 15 years or almost 20 years that Nick Saban has been at Alabama. Some of those five and seven years could have been six and six, could have been seven and six with a bowl win. Uh, You could have had some of these years that didn't look quite as bad uh, at Tennessee. He's losing seasons. If you didn't have to go through that, it's, and I know people love playing that game, but, and it is a rivalry, but it ultimately it's about winning a championship. And that, that makes it really hard to do, especially when you're playing Georgia and Florida too. So I I don't think people need to get upset if a couple of those games go away. I, I just want it badly for personally for the variety yeah, uh, and I, I just I don't see anybody with a strong connection to like the Georgia game. It's fun. It's historical. It is yeah, good. Florida like means way more to me than yes. that Georgia game. Exactly. It, like to to our generation, it's Florida. To the older generation, it's Alabama. Obviously, to our generation now, now that Tennessee's finally beaten Alabama again, it's back to being Alabama to some extent. And and then the the rest, I who I just let's do something new. Let's figure out i mean who even uh, cares about the vanderbilt game that much to be honest dude if they don't out of play the that i mean i think it's good for tennessee to play them because they you know actually over the last 10 years i think they're what like seven and three against vandy i think they were like six yeah. and four at one point so it, it, it doesn't look that good on paper but hopefully we're moving away from those days where that doesn't really happen and, and that game is one that tennessee kind of wants to play i guess because it's uh it should be an automatic win yeah for tennessee. it's a little little bit of a freebie, ultimately, but I would say it would be a happy day for me if you kicked out Vandy, you kicked out Missouri, you found... I, I've, I've always... I've never liked, understood the Missouri edition anyway. No, never. It, it Like, uh, a Virginia Tech would make way more sense. Even West Virginia, that one's a oh, little yeah. more ge- geographically West, West, weird, but... It is a little... Well, it's closer cult- to Knoxville. It's closer to Knoxville than Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. At least. Uh, and their fan base is a little more SEC than Missouri's. I mean, those West Virginia fans, oh, they're throwing batteries at people and stuff. Yeah, it's a nut house. Um, so you know, I like I would be happy if that happened. So I'm, you know, I'm not asking for like an easier opponent or anything like that. But just I am. Boot, boot these losers out of the. League. I will take the easier opponents. Well, it's as far as the Georgia game goes. Oh yeah. Yes. 
ultimately that that is the case because Georgia gets to play play this little pillowy soft schedule. They never have to play Alabama. They have a joke of a schedule this coming season. Tennessee is mm-hmm. literally their only hard game. I mean, come on. That's so, so, so stupid. Uh, so there if you go. Tennessee plays Ole Miss in 2024. Do you think Lane Kiffin will be the head coach there? No, I don't. Uh, I And I'm not sure which direction that takes if it's things go fired or him him leaving on his own i saw one scenario floated speculation obviously that he would like to get to texas a&m even more so than Mm -hmm. any other place because the nil money that he's constantly bashing jimbo fisher for using kiffin really wants to you know be in that situation and maybe that happens i mean jimbo doesn't win this year even with that big buyout they're gonna have to do something but yeah. I think the shines were off Lane Kiffin a little bit. He stayed putting ops for just long enough for people to see that he can't really sustain a program. He's never really done it for more than a couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't. Although that would be fun to get another chance at him, but we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, we'll be looking out for that selection show or whatever it's going to be <laughs> where they announce the schedule. Uh, Charlie Burris. Be a lot of mad people. Uh, yes. For, they, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know why yet, but they will be mad. <laughs> yeah. I'm Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Thank you so much for watching. For everybody who commented, I see Nugs flying in here late. He says, I'm late, but I'm here. Go Vols. Go Vols. Nugs. Uh, but but Ben Hall, David Collins, Pat Rose, Raynald, Joe, everybody, Michael, everybody who popped in here and is comment, hung out, watching the show, watches it every week. We can't thank you enough. It seriously means the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because uh, we couldn't do it without you. Because you watch, we get these sponsors. Because we get these sponsors, the show goes on. Um, so we really appreciate it. That's going to be it for this week. Thanks again for watching, and we'll talk to you all next week. See you guys later.